up, guys, and welcome back to a brand new episode of the Neo Vintage Podcast. I'm Jabril, and I'm with Steve. Hope everyone's doing well. And for you guys who have never seen the show before, we're just two guys that like to talk over the biggest stories in gaming, but we always like to start with what we've been playing. So, Steve, let me know what you've been playing. Yeah, so uh, not not too, too much new. Um, you know, still dabbling in some of the stuff I've talked about before, Persona 5, uh, Scramble. I didn't really get to play since last time. Um, but uh, I did check out, uh, on your recommendation, Dirt 5. That oh. was on Game Pass. And uh, loved it. I actually really liked that game. It's super just quick, arcadey nonsense. The soundtracks are pretty you know good and so it's a it's a nice sort of uh vibing kind of deal when i'm just kind of zoning out <laughs> for like an hour and i just want to do a couple of races it's fun uh looks great on series x really sharp and uh, fun looking game and um it saddens me because now this company is purchased by ea from my understanding from if i remember correctly they Code Masters, own, like, yeah yeah they own like every racing company now uh-huh. <laughs> but it's a fun game so hopefully they keep going with it and and stuff like that like i was even tempted to it was on a sale on PS5, and I was like, oh, man, I'm kind of tempted to get it there, so I own it, own it, um, not just Game Pass, but I didn't I didn't pull the trigger on it just yet, because I still have all the original content in there to still play before the DLCs and stuff like that, so fun game. I, I really like it, and I'm usually not into just, like, these more static racing games like that, but uh, this one's just really, <laughs> really fun, um, really fun, so I was surprised, so you, you definitely, good call on that one, and... Uh, it looks great to have that's pretty much the first quote unquote next gen racing game we've had so it's it's i'm fun i'm glad it's at least a good one um since there was no need for speed this year or maybe there is one who knows um so yeah just been playing yeah yeah uh so i just been playing that and then i've just been uh preparing for some of these uh ps5 updates that are coming i started uh kind of just refreshing my memory on tony hawk pro skater one and two remake uh because the ps5 version is coming or the update is coming i'm confused if i have to pay for the update or not it's like a weird (laughs) um nonsense i own the game digitally so i don't know exactly where that lands with me in them so i don't think i'm gonna pay for the update because the game runs pretty smoothly as it is Uh, but i have just jumped in there that game's still obviously amazing the soundtracks is perfect we've talked about it when the game came out that game is so fun i absolutely love it and so that's also kind of been my I'm not in the mood for dirt. I'll just do that free skate. Sometimes I'll do the combo challenges and all those fun stuff. And uh, so I also just lightly dabbled, and it kind of connects to uh, today's uh, news, uh, a little bit back into Avengers, uh, Marvel's mm-hmm. Avengers, which I still have this love-hate relationship where for a while I'll be feeling good while I'm playing. And I'm like, okay, yeah, you know, the, some bugs are fixed and things like that are great. And I'm like, I do want to get to a certain point because the the update is out for the PS5 version. It's a little tricky to I don't know. People made it seem like it's a lot harder than it is to upgrade your like file and stuff because it's not like Xbox where you can kind of just go for it. Yeah. Uh, this one you have to download the other version, upload a save, and bring it down and do this whole thing. But the trophies are connected, so I want to get a few more trophies. That way, when I do switch to the PS5, all the trophies just pop automatically, and then I can go from there and. I, I doubt I'm gonna hit the platinum because that game's super grindy. That game's like a hundred something hours to get get the platinum. Yeah. So, I'm not uh, I'm not really going for that. I just want a solid base before I go and play these DLCs. And uh, so yeah, that game is just still weird. It's it's just, it's just still such a weird mishmash. And I've talked about it a, a little bit ago when I played it again for the first time since launch and. It's still there, where it's just like some of these characters are just done so well. Other characters are just done without some of that love and passion that I know 
Square and, and and these guys should have for this, so it's just still disappointing, um, and it's just still all over the place. And now we have other characters coming; their whole timeline is completely off. We should have been having Spider-Man by now, um, and who knows what's even happening with that? It will probably be canceled. Uh, they, you know, it's it's weird. They they said it's not going free to play anytime soon, so not to expect that. So. That's all I've really been playing, just kind of refreshing myself with these games. Some really good, and then Avengers is just there. You know, it's uh, it feels like when I play Avengers, it feels like if I went back to Anthem, this is what I would feel like, where I'm like, the gameplay's solid, but there's nothing to do. It's like the characters are cool, but there's no costumes to get and stuff, so it makes me sad, but <laughs> that is, it is what it is, and um, that's all I've been playing besides a few fighting games and stuff like that. Uh, still playing Dragon Ball Z Kakarot, which uh, got better, but it suffers from everything that most Dragon Ball games where the level will spike all of a sudden and they want you to go grind um, or to go do some random battles which is annoying because you're doing good you're hitting all the cutscenes really quick and then I'm at the Ginyu Force scene and so one Ginyu Force guy will just be super difficult for no reason and uh, so I put that down pretty quickly um, but I'll, I will get back to it. I just didn't feel like grinding and fighting a bunch of nonsensical enemies um, but it's it's there. I've just been kind of dabbling in it. I'm still sort of cleaning off that backlog um, since nothing's releasing till uh, till May, pretty much for me. But uh, that's all I've been playing. What have you been playing? Yeah, so it, it's been tricky for me too because I'm I'm also waiting till May. So I've kind of just been going through my backlog and trying to find things, and nothing's like really hitting. And then I finally decided randomly. I don't know why, but I was like, you know, what? I want to try ESO again. And I've been playing the hell out of ESO. I don't know why, but it's just hitting right this time. Um, I don't think it's, like, the greatest thing in the world, but it is kind of just fun to be able to run around, like, this Elder Scrolls world and just screw around and do a bunch of quests. And I'm skipping through, like, every dialogue sequence, so I don't know what the hell's going on. But there's not, like, a linear... I, I mean, I think there is kind of a linear story, but it doesn't matter to me that much. I, I just value, like, the exploration and just leveling up my character slowly. So I've been having a lot of fun for that, and I've put... Uh, probably in the last week, close to 8 to 10 hours or something like that. It's been quite a bit uh, that I've put into it for a week, for me, uh, for a game of this style. Uh, luckily, you can play a vast majority of it. Or, like, everything I bumped into is fine. It's free. You don't have to put no money mm -hmm. into it or anything like that. They have uh, in-game currency mechanisms that you can put real money if you want to. But from what I've checked, it's mostly cosmetic. Uh, I know you do have to pay for, like substantial upgrades to like unlock more story and i guess map portions and stuff like that uh mm -hmm. but for the most part the world is massive you get i mean i it seems like near unlimited uh missions I'm, I'm seeing them all over the place i would imagine you know somebody who's played for much longer than me would disagree with that obviously uh but for me i mean there are, there's missions pinging all over the place it's almost overwhelming because you can't play this like a traditional skyrim game or or, you know, a, far, a Ubisoft type game where you could just kind of checklist everything. Like, they, they never stop pinging. So I'm like, okay, this is endless. So I just have to kind of focus on the progression of my character. And she looks terrible. So I'm trying to figure out to find ways to find the aesthetics better. Uh, so that's kind of the way I've been playing in. I've been playing that on Xbox since uh, that's on Game Pass with all these Bethesda games. Uh, so that's been a lifesaver. Between this EA Play thing and uh, all these Bethesda games coming there, like Game Pass has been in really, really, really good shape. I've been yeah. really impressed with uh, their offerings lately. And I'm curious to see what the overturn is like for those two services. Uh, so obviously Bethesda has a deal with Xbox, so you would imagine that's going to stick there indefinitely. Uh, this EA thing I'm, is what I'm curious about because uh, 
they're just having that deal is, is really good for them, uh, for Xbox specifically. And having all those sports games, and I mean, they have a really healthy mix of different genres because EA has such a diverse, you know, amount of teams. I'm curious to see how long that lasts uh, with Xbox, and is this something that's indefinite? Is this something uh, that they have, like, maybe, like, a fixed two years on? So I have my eye on that because uh, I'm curious to see if Xbox has something in the tuck. So, like, maybe if EA goes away, then they form the deal with, I don't know, like, like Ubisoft or something like that, Uplay. Uh, and they're going to sub that one in. So they're always keeping that price proposition up. Uh, but, yeah, no, I'm re- really having a good time with that. And, yeah, ESO, you, you should hop on there. Let's run around and do nothing and kill dragons. I mean, absolutely, why not? And it's funny, I've been, I have I looked at it, when, obviously, when they dropped all the Elder Scrolls games. Um, I did download uh, Oblivion and Skyrim again, um, okay. just because. And I looked at ESO, and I was like, I tried this once years ago before it was, like, revamped and people really liked it. Oh, it wasn't that great back then. Yeah, so I'm like, I think it's. T- I mean, like, I'm like, what's the harm? I'm like, why not try? There's no subscription fee like uh, Final Fantasy 14, so there's no nope. monthly fee or anything. So I'm like, I should do it, and um, I'm gonna try to get my wife into it because I could download it on Xbox Series and then play it, and she has the Xbox uh, One in her bedroom, so oh, we can try to get a little clan rolling in there. We'll see. We'll see how we do this. Yeah, it's like good Fallout 76. Yeah, I mean you can play that too. That's that's on no thanks. <laughs> yeah, so yeah, good stuff. Uh, it's it's I'm kind of glad it's a slight dry spell. I, I as much as I would have liked like one big game in maybe February or March um, to kind of continue us on, but at least it gives us time to really try out these other games. Um, yeah, definitely on these other uh, platforms. So yeah, let's get into the stories. First one, uh, Square had their conference, the first conference in a while where they kind of just like showed a lot. And uh, we're going to go over the highlights. They announced a lot of things, um, a few things that we've already knew about, or sometimes they just show trailers. So we're just kind of going a little bit more over the the bigger titles that, uh, you know, come to us and, and actually we have some uh, thoughts about. And the first one is something that I went from not caring about to actually looking forward to this. So a while ago, at a PS5 conference, they showed off Project uh, Athea, 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 and uh, we didn't really see anything. It looked like a big tech demo, uh, if I remember correctly. She was run. There was like a hooded person running through mountains. I think is all we had seen at the time. And uh, so now we have uh, way more, not too much more information, but uh, we have. It is officially now called for Spoken. Uh, releasing in 2022, uh, they have the protagonist. Uh, Frey, right? Want to say? Sorry, I had my. Okay, yeah, Frey Holland, who's being played by uh, the actress Ella Belinska, which the only thing I know her from is the Charlie's Angels reboot reboot with uh, I think Elizabeth Banks produced that one. Um, so it's uh, it's looking interesting. It's looking almost like a fast paced like the traversing reminded me so much, and the worlds remind me almost of like Final Fantasy 15 in a sense, the way you went from like straight straight desert to the the forest and stuff like that but the magical and fantasy aspect of it that we finally got to see like her hiding and running around from that dragon that's kind of walking around and everything like that it looks like a really fun adventure game i thought you know i was kind of uh eerie on it but i mean i enjoy gary witta as a writer so he is the one who's uh writing it so i think the game has a lot of potential. It's it's looking good. Uh, I mean, they showed us such a small clip, and I got hyped for it. So I can only hope that you know it's 2022, so we probably won't hear about it for the rest of the year until almost launch time uh, next year. 
but I think that's kind of okay. You know, I don't need this game. Like, I saw a little bit. I would like, like, another gameplay or those PlayStation deep dives sort of that they do before a game launches, and that's it. I don't want, and I know that's a lot to ask about for Square, but I don't want this game to be, like, at every person's conference. I don't want this. So, uh, did you have any thoughts on uh, Forspoken? Yeah, I mean, I thought it looked really, really good. Uh, the gameplay is probably what latched me to the most, just seeing that kind of traversal. Uh, it looked really smooth, high performance, high polish. Uh, so, yeah, I'm not mad at it at all. Uh, we'll see whether this is something I'm super interested in once it gets a little bit closer, uh, once I see what they're really, really going for there. But so far, um, it's a thumbs up from me from what I'm hearing. Yeah, and you know, and it's officially, unless they break news later, it is just a PS5 game. I mean, I know it's coming to Microsoft Windows, but, I mean, it's not like PS5, PS4, or a cross-gen. I'm so proper next-gen. Yeah, I'm, starting, I'm glad we're getting proper next-gen every time I see just PS5 on there. So it's exciting, and we'll, we'll see. We'll keep an eye on it. Uh, Avengers is getting a nice little update. I know this is your favorite game of 2020. Yikes. I know you loved Marvel's Avengers. Um, Yikes. So they're still doubling down on this. Um, Hawkeye, which was supposed to be out by now, uh, that update is coming out soon. It looks weird. He doesn't look like most versions of Hawkeye. I've seen a lot of versions of Hawkeye, and this one looks like the worst version of any of them. Um, this all co- you know, coincided with the next-gen upgrade that we discussed. Um, I've not tried the next-gen upgrade. Uh, from what I've seen, most people are just saying that it's just load times that was fixed. Nothing else was really fixed. Um, but they do have a big Black Panther expansion that we knew about. For some reason, they acted like we didn't know about this. But that's coming out at a future time. So it wasn't anytime soon. Uh, this also comes with all those uh, grindy level changes and stuff like that. So um, I don't really have much more to say. This looks fine. I don't know when I will bite the bullet and just play uh, some of this content. Some of this content is free. I think the Black Panther content will be paid. I'm, I'm, I miss that uh, segment. I know the Hawkeye stuff and the Kate Bishop stuff was free, uh, technically. So it's there. I, I'm not gonna even ask. Are you gonna jump into Marvel's Avengers? Absolutely not. Yeah, I'm, okay. I'm not touching this game. But I mean, have fun. I'm, I'm happy for those who are uh, gonna or who are still playing this and getting new characters. I'm, I'm glad that they're still supporting it. But I have no interest in playing this. Yeah. I mean, I'm glad they at least brought... I think Black Panther should have been in the game from the beginning, but... Yeah. It is what it is. Uh, Life is Strange is back. Um, so the third Life is Strange game, Life is Strange True Colors, uh, will be releasing, I believe, this September, or if I remember. Um, so they announced the new Life is Strange True Colors. Um, it is not being made by Don't Nod, who made the first two, and then also made uh, Tell Me Why. Yeah. So interesting it's it looks it does look like they're using the same engine um i like some of the themes they're playing with uh some people were trying to get a lot of hate on it i don't know why uh specifically because without watching the trailer people assumed the game was something else and it's really not um but the cool part is it does come with a life is strange remastered collection which brings life is strange one and before the storm which i personally like life is strange 2 a lot more than those just because they speak to me as who i am i mean they're two Hispanic kids, and obviously that spoke to me more than uh, the characters in Life is Strange, but Life is Strange True Colors looks really fun. Uh, me and my wife like to play this. Well, I do the playing, she does the decision making, so I showed her the trailer. It looks really cool. I like the concept, because there's always a twist. You know, in Life is Strange 1, we knew we should have the rewind powers, and in uh, Life is Strange 2, he could move things and things like that. So this one has more of a 
the true colors aspect is feeling you know seeing the feelings and stuff like that so it's an interesting concept one thing i keep digging for and i don't know if you have the answer to this because i couldn't see it life is strange is always released episodic i think true colors it looks like it's being released in one chunk yeah that's correct this one's not episodic from it is everything not okay. communicated so far all right because I, I looked at the psn last night and i saw it and 60 bucks and i'm like whoa 60 bucks and they're like but it doesn't say episode one part one or anything like that so which is you know glad and you can get a a whole bundle that brings life is strange remastered collection so this is cool uh, i i enjoy this franchise i'm gonna be curious how this goes with the new developers and stuff like that but uh what was your reactions to this yeah i mean i i like what i saw i'm very curious to see how it plays out with them shifting teams uh that always makes me a little bit nervous but it's mm-hmm. not always for the worst uh, definitely in terms of his general aesthetic, seems like it's more of a successor to that first Life is Strange than the second one, uh, exactly. obviously. So it makes sense why, you know, they're attaching it a little bit to the remaster Before the Storm and the first one. I'm very familiar with the first and Before the Storm. I played those before. I played the first one actually twice. I have never touched Life is Strange 2. Uh, so this one, when I saw this, I was like, okay, so this is definitely what I know from Life is Strange. Uh, though I know that they, they departed a little bit in terms of uh, some of the narrative choices that they're making with the second one. Not mad at it. I like what I see. I'm not mad at the character design. The general aesthetic of these games I think is really, really nice and has that kind of cool artsy indie vibe to it that I, I really, really rock with. I love the soundtrack for them as well. Mm-hmm. So I, I'm down with this. Um, so far right now, I see no reason why I probably wouldn't jump into it. I'm glad that it's not episodic. Uh, that's never been like a deal breaker for me in the past i have played through episodic games before um specifically like the uh, telltale games back in the day i used to mm-hmm. wait for the walking dead and that comes out but it's a and, and same thing with like like batman for example uh but it's kind of a slippery slope because you know i'm playing it over a longer period of time and i feel like sometimes depending on the story i probably would have sat there and beat it you know front to back and uh, kind of one go like that as opposed to having to return to it because you fall out then then next thing you know you have like four out of the six episodes worth of story and you never could completed it and I definitely have been in that situation with a couple of Telltale uh, games in the past because of the episodic structure so I'm glad to be able to have that full package in my control finally uh, with the Life is Strange uh, franchise and I'm curious to see how it goes and how people receive it once it's fully out and uh, people get their hands on it because uh it's one of those franchises that I think is really, really good, but has never, I felt like, I feel like the first one probably got the closest, but it's never really broken through all the way. Uh, and I think it's probably a combination of just the the story that they're telling and that very kind of indie vibe to it, and the combination between that gameplay style, which is just not for everybody. Uh, even a game like Detroit, as big as that was, I mean, there was tons of, it was a first-party Sony game, and pe- there's still tons of players who never really touched it, because they're not really into that kind of interactive novel-type um, gameplay yeah. style. So, I- I'm curious to see if this one does anything for the franchise in terms of bringing it back to the forefront of conversation like that first one did, because uh, unfortunately, uh, the second one went super underrated uh, and under the radar. Tell me why, though not part of this franchise, I definitely kind of also kind of group it in with that. Uh, because of Dope Nod's heritage, and that one went super under the radar too. So it seems like these games, unfortunately, though get great critical reception, uh, don't really break through the mainstream. And I'm hoping that this franchise can finally make a little bit of moves there because I think it deserves it because I, I've liked all the stories. I've, I've dabbled with Tell Me Why uh, also as well, and I, I thought it was really good too. So I'm not mad at it at all. Yeah, and uh, me and my wife are actually in the middle of Tell Me Why. You haven't played it in a while. Um but it 
you know, I always said, I'm like, why? I wonder why they, they didn't call this Life is Strange. And I knew that Square didn't, um, you know, have it with them. I did not know that they were moving to a whole new developer. So I wonder what's going on there. But uh, if there is a game you're going to switch companies or at least developers for, this seems like it'll be okay just because the style of the game yeah. makes, makes sense. Uh, so next we have the Tomb Raider Definitive Survivor Trilogy. Uh, they, so it's uh, this is you know the the three the three re- most recent Tomb Raider games uh, being re-released sort of. Um, not too much work is going into it from what I see. I know they really talked about it. they were calling them modern classics um, and <laughs> stuff like that. Um, I played the first two. Uh, I beat the first one. I played a little bit of the second one. I never really got too too far into it because it was kind of more the same without enough story for me. Um, that's cool that they're kind of re doing this i thought there's been some rumors that they've been working on a fourth one and i guess that may or may not be true um the way they they talked about this kind of being it they're calling it a trilogy like this is it kind of so i'm curious what that is um i'm not in the mood to jump into these games right now especially since there's not too much excuse me brought up with them um and from what i saw it's just like kind of repackaging um not too much really refocused or you know lots of next gen patches and stuff like that so that's cool for the that you know I will, it's nice that when i go decide to play this trilogy again that i'll be at least be able to probably just snag it you know pretty cheaply and on, on a nice one package any other uh, thoughts on the tomb raider yeah i mean well first off i love this trilogy mm-hmm. admittedly um i have all three of them so this trilogy re-release is probably not going to be for me uh, but yeah, no, I love all three of these games, so I'm happy to see it get some love. Uh, I feel like this is another franchise that, because of its uh, similarities to Uncharted, obviously, uh, and and just kind of the cultural zeitgeist moving away from Tomb Raider, the these kind of went under the radar too. Um, I thought that first one was amazing. Two definitely kept in line with that, and three, I I really enjoyed the introduction of like a more guerrilla dark style gameplay uh, for mm-hmm. Tomb Raider that was very different, uh, and obviously it still has like the climbing and navigation and puzzle solving, but there was kind of like a grittiness to the third one that I, I wished more people experienced because I had a good time with it, so hopefully this uh, trilogy opens up more people to be able to give a, a shot to these games and kind of see them for what they are kind of front to back, uh, but for me, I don't see myself buying this trilogy unless they put in a concerted effort to and give me experience i haven't had before i have all three of these games i have them all digitally too so i can play them on my ps5 anytime i want um and yeah so if if they have proper next gen like hey you can play all three in the game 60 frames per second maybe the third one uh 4k and in, in 60 then yeah maybe maybe I, it's been enough time i might jump back in uh but it, it's unlikely for me to give it a shot because again i experienced it and i played shadow of the tomb raider maybe like a year and a half ago or something like that uh, again so it hasn't been that long for me so for, I'm, I'm probably gonna pass on this one but uh i'm, I'm cool with it and I, I like these games quite a bit yeah i'm looking really quickly on the psn um and they seem to just be so you can buy them all for 50 dollars or each for 20 so you do save 10 bucks i guess if you do it that way okay um, it's weird. I don't know. It, it's it's weird the way they have it on here. But then I do remember that the second and the third one were PSN uh, PS Plus games. Um, yes, they were. So I'm like, oh, no, I, I probably definitely because everything on the market says that it's PS a PS4 game. So it's like, oh, I just would rather download them again. I uh, as much as I would like to support. Have been at one point. Yeah, I can't remember if the first one ever was. Um, 
even know if I own the first one still physically, but it's, uh, you know, those games are always on sale and cheap and stuff. So it's, I guess, repackaging just to kind of get that hype up again. Yeah, if someone hasn't played them before, 50 for the three games, I don't think is the worst pro- price proposition, so maybe give it a shot. Mm-hmm. Yeah, for sure. Okay, uh, some of the other stuff. Um, some mobile information, because uh, Square does have always a foot in their mobile uh, realm. Uh, so we have Just Cause Mobile. Which, I mean, it looks like Just Cause on mobile devices. Uh, so that's weird because I don't know too much about Just Cause. Like, I know what it is. I've seen it. I've seen a lot of gameplays of it. I tried it out once. It was... One of them is on was a PS Plus game, so I tried it when that came out. And uh, Open World Madness really is what it is. So that's that's fun for that community that's there. Um, did you have any reactions to this? No, I mean, not really. I, I've tried Just Cause multiple times with the second and the third one. I've played them multiple times and i just can't get into them it's just not for mm-hmm. me i do like open world games i like messing around in open worlds i like the little glide mechanic and the hook shots and i think they have a nice little thing there but it's just really it, it just feels a little bit like dude bro explosion like it's just the the world's not that exploratory it's just not really what i look for in an open world game or even an open world action game like the far cries and stuff like that it's just not for me so i i, I definitely Introducing the mobile component doesn't do anything for me, so I'm good on this. Yeah, I mean, it looks cool because it's like a top-down style of it, so it kind of looks like a top-down shooter. And yeah. um, they're boasting the way they're talking about it. They're saying you know single-player content, multiplayer co-op, and PvP stuff. So I was like, okay, I mean, it may be there. I, I just it, it is free to play, and that's the first thing that I see every time I see free to play. I just it's microtransactions up the wazoo. So it's just. Yeah. How far can I play this "quote unquote" single player? How much single player content does it actually even mean? What does that mean? Does it mean necessarily a campaign or anything? But I mean, it's there for the community. They they stick by Square Enix. I never hear people talking about Just Cause, but they keep making it. So s- someone out there, someone's playing is, it. Someone's playing it and they're loving it. Um, for the next one, uh, Project Hitman Sniper Assassins. Um, so the team that brought us obviously. Uh, the other mobile games that they've done, which was uh, Hitman Go, Go, the Go, and Laura Croft Go, and I think they did a Hitman Sniper for my, if I remember, they did do this sort of a sequel to that, but uh, a new Hitman mobile game was announced, um, but it's not including Agent Forty Seven as of right now. Um, let's see, uh, we learned that the Project Hitman Sniper Assassins is a mobile game that has you controlling not a single agent. But what seems to be a team of assassins told to work together on their mission were referred to only as 426. So, interesting, interesting concept. I appreciate what Hitman Sniper, uh, Hitman Go, and Laura Croft Go did. They're not really my style of games. Um, just everything about it just really wasn't something that called out to me. But I do hear people constantly talk about that trilogy of games and stuff like that. So, it's like I understand why they're making more. Um, these games usually are not like a free-to-play type deal. So, I'm excited to see exactly how that works i don't think they announced specifically if it was or not but i'm i'm interested because i do know there's a community that's there i mean you don't just do three go games uh practically three go games i know hitman sniper was a little bit different and then could go for a fourth when uh no one's playing them so someone really is and that's cool i think it's a cool concept i kind of wish they would have brought this to life in another form uh, a little bit more enticing for me but anything uh anything to say on our project hitman uh, yeah, well, I, I would say the probably the most interesting thing about it is just seeing that name, Hitman, coming out of Square. Obviously, they sold the IP back to IO. 
some time ago, uh, a couple years back now at this point. And IO has gone ahead and completed their trilogy, and it's phenomenal. I love those games. I know you love those games. Mm-hmm. Uh, so seeing like Hitman coming out of Square, I'm like, okay. So what? What is the? Is there any connection to the proper Hitman trilogy? If so, what integration is there? But it seems like it's fairly detached uh, from it, and so it's probably not something I'm gonna dive into because again, I'm willing to consume anything Hitman. But right now, it has to be proper Hitman from IO. So if, if if they're not really attached to it and it's really just kind of in the name and the light concept and the gameplay style is going to be completely different, then I'm probably going to pass on it. Yeah, makes sense. Um, that that It's funny, I did not even put two together. I'm like, well, yeah, they must have talked to IO because IO owns that IP from my understanding. So Yeah, they own the proper Hitman uh, IP. So I would imagine either this is just kind of a coincidence and it's like, oh, it's not called Hitman, it's called Project Hitman or something like that. Uh, oh, yeah. But I would I would still feel like that would be proper infringement. So they probably worked out some kind of deal where maybe they can use it. So it's because it, if it's it's uh, proximity to the Hitman Go game, not so much the dedicated Hitman trilogy. Uh, so that's my guess. But again, I don't know how these business things work behind the scenes. Mm-hmm. And uh, the last big one we got from this uh, Square, so Square Enix Montreal announced uh, an AR Space Invaders mobile game. Now. I thought the trailer was really cool. The trailer looked very much like a uh, sort of history, not a history, but like an appreciation celebration of um, Space Invaders. I wish we would have seen something um, that I, I would have been excited to see. You know, there's just not really much. There's to you know subscribe and win a chance to be in the playtesting and stuff like that. I don't really know what this is. I mean, it's like an AR game, so it's obviously going to use your mobile device and sort of uh, in reality type deal. It's a cool concept from what I can assume it is. I just don't know what this actually looks like. Um, but it's at least it's something cool. That's a, that's a cool... I would have never guessed this coming from them um, at the moment. But I, I liked the trailer. I watched it a few times. I thought it was an interesting idea. Uh, if done right, in my opinion. Uh, what did you think? Yeah, I mean, I pretty much feel the, the same way. Uh, I'm, You know, I'm quite the retro fan, so I hear Space Invaders. I mean, I grew up on that. I ain't mad at it. But, uh, yeah, I mean, the AR things just... I think there's absolutely a market for that. Obviously, one of the biggest phone games ever, Pokemon Go AR game. So it, I, mm-hmm. I don't think it's a terrible idea. Um, I could see it having some kind of novelty, especially within the maybe the retro community or whatever, where it's like, hey, everybody has a phone. Uh, if you grew up on Space Invaders, look up towards the sky, you could shoot aliens. That I mean, that sounds fun enough. Uh, beyond that, I mean, it seems more of like a novelty thing. I don't see myself putting hours into this, but... Uh, as a retro fan, any kind of attachment to that era, uh, I, I can respect. I, I didn't even realize that. I, I, I don't know who owns the IP of Space Invaders because <laughs> things from those times, it was a long time ago. So I would, it coming out of Square, I'm like, oh, okay, why not? I, I, don't, I don't know who else would make this game. So yeah, I'd probably uh, 100% give it a spin but uh, and report back what I think. But as of right now, I mean, I don't see myself spending more than you know 20 minutes with it or anything like mm. that. Yeah, and uh, so that was it for the Square Conference, and um, some interesting stuff, some stuff that I'm liked. I, I think the conference was slightly long, but um, at least I'm kind of glad they kind of have their stuff there, compact, and stuff like that, and hopefully we don't hear too much about this stuff until it's closer to release and stuff like that. I know the mobile games, I'm not, I mean, I will never probably hear. The Space Invaders thing, I'm, I'm, I'm with you, I'll probably try it when it's out, um, and then immediately delete it off my phone. 
Yeah, and I mean, hey, Square Conference, good for them. I'm happy for them. Uh, they do have the kind of old school bloat to it, so they're probably gonna have to yeah. trim it down a little bit. Uh, again, that Nintendo Direct format. It's one of those things. I'm telling everybody who has a format or, or, or a presentation, steal the format. Cut it down. They got it. That is, that's the format you want. That in and out 15, 20 minutes. It's clean from game to game to game to game. Don't even give you a chance to breathe. That's the way you want it. Get the guy speaking in the middle of it being like, so we, this is our vision. And we spent the last 20 years looking at it. <laughs> Listen, man. Hey, God bless you. Get off the screen. <laughs> Show me the next game. <laughs> like, that, that was awesome in, like, 2011. I, I don't want to do that anymore. So, that's the only mm-hmm. thing I say, cut the bloat down. But I'm not mad at it for a first conference. They had some good stuff. They had some mid-stuff. But again, just because everything's not for us doesn't mean that it's not for anybody. So yeah. uh, I look forward to seeing what their next conference. And hopefully they got a little bit more uh, announcements for us. And obviously everybody's like, oh, where's that Final Fantasy? That's Final where, Fantasy, yeah. That's the big thing. But uh, something tells me Sony's going to have to do with Sony's. that. Yeah. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Just that... that the the sheer size of that and i know for a fact sony is gonna market that as a proper not uh, like an exclusive pretty much so mm-hmm. they're gonna give them the first party treatment on that there's no doubt about that for 16 uh i i still can't believe that they secured final fantasy 16 as an exclusive in 2021 again because uh, again that that's going back to old school days that's how mm-hmm. it used to be so uh and then things seemed, if anything, was like opening up. You know, fit, uh, all the Final Fantasy games are on Xbox now, and everybody's kind of playing it. And uh, Nintendo's got the old ones now. And yep. keep in mind, they they lost them back then. So to kind of regain, you know, seven, eight, nine, that's awesome for them. And ten. Uh, but fast forward to you know now, it seems like they're clamping down on that that sixteen. So I'm I'm curious to see. I'm not even gonna say like how many people jump to Sony because to be honest, if you, if you play JRPGs, you probably already have a Sony console. To be honest, so um, yeah, yeah, it's, it's a place to be. Yeah, big big news for Square coming uh, mm-hmm. forward though. So I guess we can move on to the next story, and this is an interesting one. Uh, we hear a lot about this name, so I just wanted to get a quick topic to kind of discuss her place in the game industry right now. So industry veteran Jade Raymond is heading up a new student that, uh, studio that will create original games for PlayStation. Raymond announced the news today via the PlayStation blog. We want to we want to create worlds where players can escape, have fun, express themselves and find community. Raymond wrote in, uh, about the new studio Haven. Uh, we want to pour our passion into a project. We want to make f- something wondrous for people to experience so as they mentioned the team will be called haven and it's going to be based out of montreal so she's really interesting for you guys who maybe don't pay the most attention to every single story this is a name that we've seen actually mostly attached to stadia in probably the last few months and obviously stadia fired everybody and they mom the past few months uh so she was no longer employed there uh but she does have quite a track record and people throw her names around so i pulled up some of the things that she was attached to to give you guys kind of a vision of what we're dealing with here. So she worked with Ubisoft predominantly, Ubisoft Montreal, executive producer, uh, or managing director for Far Cry 4. We got Assassin's Creed Unity, Watch Dogs 1 as executive producer, Splinter Cell Blacklist, Assassin's Creed 2, Bloodlines, the first one as producer, uh, MGS4 as a managing director, Mm -hmm. and then if you go back all the way to 2002, you got Sims uh, with producer. So she has a very interesting pedigree, but the last, I would say, major thing she was attached to was probably Far Cry 4, and that's back in 2014. So it's Mm -hmm. been over seven years since we've seen her take a proper, like, forefront role in a major AAA game. So it's very interesting seeing her kind of shuffle around here. 
Uh, and I'm hopefully this Haven thing actually releases something because I don't think she published anything on Sadia. She didn't get the chance to, or or at least nothing that really grabbed any headlines. So um, I just wanted to mention this, seeing you know basically a new team attached for PlayStation. Uh, what do you think about this? Yeah, it was it was super interesting. Um, when this information came out of the blog post, and I was like, wow, that name sounds familiar. And then I, I was like, let me go look at her track record. And I'm like, okay, she's got some pretty big experience you know producing in the assassin's creed games executive producer uh managing director in mgs and all that kind of stuff so but then i then i remember i'm like oh i was like wasn't she like vp of google stadia or something like that yeah. she was um uh she also did work with amy hemming in, in, in the henning sorry uh in the star wars game that never got yeah. released and stuff like that so that's why there's such a big gap she's just been unfortunately just kind of uh Going from dead project to dead project, that's kind I mean like that Amy was <laughs> yeah, kind of like Emmy Henning. So that's more of EA's uh, bad uh, moves in all the way they did working on that. Then she did in twenty eighteen, she joined Google Stadia VP, um, and we all know what happened. Google Stadia, and I remember her leaving like uh, that was only like last month, I think. Right, it was like February this year where she was like very recent leaving, and that's because they were also uh, shuttering everyone out. Um, and then for her to already have. A independent studio sort of second party relationship with Sony is the way I look at it. She's not. Everyone thought she was, you know, first party. She's definitely more of a uh, Kojima sort of relationship. Uh, not obviously not to that pedigree, but that's how it works because she's working on original IP for PlayStation. So it's interesting. I'm glad she's got her footing. Um, Sony isn't just working with studios and opening studios and just left and right they're actually doing reverse they really picking on purchasing stuff so they must see something there well whatever she brought to the board must have been hand in hand ready to go with because uh sony's just not going to give you money for no reason so i'm excited yeah, to see yeah. that I'm, I'm hoping she gets her platform my bad sorry no no uh, i was just yeah. gonna say yeah when i read this story basically same thoughts as you the only thing that kind of registered in my head is like finally stability uh mm-hmm. you got an, a, a brand a brand new team it's all yours you could do whatever you want and they're attached to playstation which is finally some degree of stability because uh, i mean not to be mean but everybody knew that stadia thing was going to fall apart it was just the only real debate i don't think anybody was debating whether stadia was going to be a massive success it was a matter of how long they stick around and how long google operates before they shutter it like they shutter everything else that was i think the main debate for it and, you know, lo and behold, things played out pretty much exactly how everybody expected it to. So finally for her to find a home at PlayStation, uh, th- that's a good thing. However, that doesn't come, w- it comes with concessions in the way that you have to be results-oriented and you have to produce. And that's one thing. is, And, and not that I'm putting it on her, but obviously she hasn't produced anything in, in quite a bit of time. And I don't necessarily put that on her. It takes a lot to make up games. You can't just sit there and make it yourself. I mean, you can, but an indie game. Yeah. Um, so... It's one of those things where, like, Sony also has shown that if you don't put out things and you're costing us too money, you're done. And we'll close you in a heartbeat. And so as soon as you popped up, it will be as soon as you go. And so that's an important thing where it's, like, she'll have access to the budget, she'll have the sense of stability, but you have to produce right now. And you have to produce at a high level, too. Um, because, I mean, you look at teams that Sony's shuttered in the past, and, I mean, the, these guys had some major IPs attached to them. Mm-hmm. So uh, that there's there's... Not necessarily pros and cons, but there's a, a massive responsibility that comes with attaching yourself to the PlayStation name because their first-party suite of teams 
have such a high pedigree and high level of standards that they have, especially now in this fresh PS5 era where everybody's trying to put their best foot forward. Uh, you got to be ready to deliver. So I'm, I'm excited to see uh, the scale of what she can produce. And that'll, I feel like, help with our placement of her. Because again, this is very ambiguous right now. You got this brand new team, Haven. Uh, she has attachments of major AAA games in the past. But is that what she's interested in producing right now? It's unclear. Mm -hmm. So uh, I'm not necessarily expecting them to come out of the gate with some massive Horizon level type game. Uh, despite, you know, the, her track record in the past. But uh, I'm curious to see if this is going to be more of like a smaller team put out maybe two titles a year and then scale their way up and maybe make the bend switch uh, to major IP or major AAA games once they get a little bit more comfortable. Or is this something that they're looking at them as like a mid-sized team and they're going to keep them as a mid-sized team? So uh, time will tell with them, but I, I do have my eyes on them, especially with the fact that first party and Sony are such an interesting system that they got going because obviously Microsoft is in the acquisition stage but Sony has been pretty solidified for quite a while and they don't just bring on new people all the time so any additions or any shutterings is like a big deal so yeah I'm excited yeah and hopefully it adds a little bit more diversity into the style of games everyone Absolutely. does like to come at us for you know not us but at Sony for you know just third person action games all right, so, uh, so the next story, something I didn't expect to hear because uh, we got a blog post not too long about the PSVR 2, and I thought it would be a long time before we had anything, but uh, they're showing us the controls already. So Sony has announced the next edition of the PlayStation VR headset that is being developed for PlayStation 5. The headset is described as our generation VR system that will deliver the ultimate entertainment experience according to PlayStation's Hideki Nishina. Uh, said the VR system will provide dramatic leaps in performance and interactivity. He explained players will feel an even greater sense of presence and become even more immersed in their game worlds once they put on the new headset. Uh, he went on to say that PlayStation engineers are taking the learnings from the existing model of PSVR and using that feedback to inform where to go with the new one. Very little in the way of specifics is known about the headset and there has been no um, images or anything or even stuff like that. But uh, the new PSVR headset for PS5 will also use a new VR controller that makes use of some of the key features in the DualSense controller for PS5, along with a focus on great ergonomics. So, no more using technology from 2010 or whatever it was. Uh, so, no more glowing orbs. PlayStation Move is finally going to be put to rest. Uh, and I'm glad. Um, the controls look very weird. They do look more in line with the VR. Like, if you saw these controls anywhere else, you'd probably assume that it's VR. Reminds me um, of the Vibe controllers. Yeah, it reminds a lot of the Vibe controllers. You know, the whole ergonomic thing. Um, I do like how I think, from my understanding, too, they have the dual sticks on um, both. It'll have the dual sense triggers in them. And the tracking, I guess, is... don't know exactly how the tracking is going to work, but that technology does exist in other VR headsets, so there is no need for some giant orb or light or anything like that. Um, and we knew that was coming because the dual sense doesn't really have any, so it's... It's nice to see that. Um, I think the controls look great. I'm, I did not expect this slow, steady, constant news for PSVR, so I'm excited. Uh, I, it looks like they actually are going to take leaps and bounds going forward. The PS5 is not going to be like a small, like interstitial upgrade, uh, but it looked like a full sequel <laughs> in a sense for this uh, hardware. Um, a lot of technology going to those, uh, those controllers. So I don't know uh, what price range is already starting to 
scare me a little bit because uh, these controls adding the, the the triggers makes sense obviously why would you not um especially for if you're thinking crossbow games and stuff like that it's gonna be perfect uh for that kind of stuff but it's exciting to see it's exciting to see this new generation i did not expect it off someone sent me the picture and i'm like what is this and they're like they showed the vr2 controls and i'm like those are not what i expected i expected a, a cheap sort of a remake of the move controls which luckily that's not the case anymore so uh, what did you think i know you're interested in vr but not necessarily a adopter yeah i'm kind of like a reluctant participant because i'm just yeah. not able to physically do uh, vr unfortunately so i'm kind of an outside observer uh but yeah no I'm, I'm happy to see what they've shown off so far it's very interesting the the tack that they've taken or the strategy that they've taken by going kind of controller first is very interesting for me and it but it does also kind of remind me of the ps5 because i believe we saw the dual sense first too um so in that screams to me that uh they're very interested in the tech of what that user feel is because the DualSense came out and it has that kind of, not HD rumble because I know that's the Joy-Con thing, uh, but those, those very specific brand new haptics and all that feedback on, on the controllers. And so you, you know without a doubt that that technology is going to be integrated into these new uh, VR controllers. And uh, so it's, it's very interesting seeing those kind of controllers first. Uh, which tells me that there's probably going to be quite a bit of tech integration into there. And then I was kind of just, you know, as you were reading all this off, my, my wheels were spinning a little bit. I'm like, yeah, that if you think of how immersive those haptics are in the regular dual sense, and imagine if you're already playing VR, which is in and of itself more immersive, you're reaching for things, you're grabbing things. What if you go to grab things and you actually feel that resistance? You feel uh, like you grab that gun, you feel that texture. You know what I mean? Mm -hmm. And so I feel like this is going to be... I feel like this is, for for some people, this is really going to sell them on that rumble tech that Sony introduced on the DualSense. Mm -hmm. uh, with that, if it's done right, obviously your miles may vary on your VR experience, but uh, there's some people who have done a really, really great job with it, and I'm curious to see how all this tech is kind of integrated into one another. And uh, The... Controllers themselves, though they look really weird, I feel like it's definitely in line with what the modern kind of VR hand experiences uh, in terms of controllers go. Uh, it's obviously way different than the Move controller, but obviously the Move controller was meant to be a completely different thing and kind of got brought into the VR thing, which yeah. was always nuts to me. The fact that, you know, all these years later, they're still using the Move, that really surprised me, especially with how peripheral heavy a lot of these uh, game companies tend to be. Where it's like, if there's an opportunity to sell you on a new thing, they're going to try. Uh, and the fact that they stuck with the the move instead of kind of bringing that in the 21st century a little bit more <laughs> surprised me. Um, so, yeah, I'm glad to see everything get a proper update and a brand new headset. And it just makes me more excited to see how this headset looks and see what very obvious uh, fixes that they made. Uh, in terms of just the general form factor of it, the cable management. this is I just want to see this full package when it's all said and done to properly get a better gauge of how how many leaps and bounds ahead is this from the first P PSVR, if that makes any sense. Yeah, because, you know, PlayStation is sticking with VR and stuff like that, and maybe we'll start seeing things like Half-Life. Alex, come over Hopefully. that needed a little bit more diversity in the triggers, and not the triggers, but in the headset and the handsets as well, so... We'll have to see because they they're sticking by this, you know, they're sticking by the VR. So, which I'm glad to see that. Yeah, I respect it because I wasn't always convinced, not so much in the technology, but that the the idea of just PlayStation really sticking by it. 
uh, because it's a tough sell. And all these years later, I mean, just statistically, a majority of Sony gamers haven't adopted it. But they found a way to make it work, and they found their dedicated uh, fan base of it. So, I mean, I respect the hell out of it, the fact that they stuck by it. Yeah, for sure. And it's the number one selling VR headset, so. 100%. Uh, so, speaking of VR, I guess we could segue into yeah. the next one. And this was one that I saw a lot of headlines about. And so, we did get final confirmation about it. But it kind of launches us into a m- more interesting conversation after the fact. So, this is about basically Xbox in VR. So, a Microsoft spokesperson has told IGN that VR is not coming to the Xbox Series X and S at this time. After it was reported... Uh, the Xbox console referred to a VR peripheral when you plug something in. So uh, IGN Italy reported that while testing the new Xbox wireless headset, a prompt appeared on the Xbox Series X system saying that their VR headset needs an update. This suggests uh, the Microsoft or the Xbox Series X supports VR peripherals in some capacity. However, a Microsoft spokesperson said this is not the case. In a statement to IGN, the company says the copy in this error message is inaccurate due to a localization bug. VR for console is not a focus for us at this time. So basically, there was a lot of rumors that it's like, oh, is Xbox getting ready to set up VR? They're like, hell no, at least not for right now. The whole classic, we have nothing to announce at this moment. Um, But it kind of launches us into a more interesting conversation, which is PlayStation seeing relative success with... um, their headset there's obviously the oculus out there there's obviously the htc vive but xbox has taken a very passive approach to it and it's kind of been hands-off and uh they you know microsoft has tangential connections with it but xbox themselves has not had that full integration so my question to you is do you think xbox should dip their toes into a proper dedicated vr headset uh and if so what do you think that looks like yeah, I've gone back and forth on this for a while. Um, Microsoft being, you know, this huge company with big money, I thought they would have maybe struck a deal with Oculus or one of these other companies and then worked that way. Um, they're very... It's 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 weird. Xbox likes to take chances. You know, yeah. they, they did the Kinect thing. That didn't really work out. And I think that's probably what's their fear. Um, they see that other people are, you know, oh, this is working for other people. But if they start doing, that's a lot of manufacturer technology. It's got to be on par. Now you you're entering, not only are you in the middle of reviving your system uh, pretty successfully, I would say. Now you have to try to compete with not only your biggest competition, which is obviously Sony, but now you got to compete with all these small ones and people who are just strapping their phone to their head, and that's good enough uh, for VR. Um, it's just a very weird concept that's why i always thought they would partner with someone or them and oculus would get or you know oculus is owned by facebook now I'm like somebody is gonna sweeten the pot that they can just make it work um but we have heard multiple times that they said no um i just don't know what vr headset looks like uh, for microsoft okay. um i just i don't see gears of war vr being a thing i don't see hate i mean halo vr would probably be kind of cool but the fast twitchiness of that game doesn't, is not going to translate that well, at least in my opinion, to a VR headset. It sounds like motion sickness the game, uh, <laughs> for sure. But um, it, it is interesting. I don't, I don't doubt at all that there is a prototype, that they definitely tried this out somehow. Um, at least in one way or another, whether they do release this, this whole weird... Uh, sort of like the uh, the series system saying that the VR needed an update and stuff. That caught me off guard when, when you sent me this link and I was like, what? 
I'm yeah. like, is it, because it's it's quick for them to be like, no, no, it's a localization error. No, 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 there's nothing at this time. And then next year they're like, oh yeah, here it is. Um, yeah. But because <laughs> Microsoft's kind of been that way, um, it's it's interesting. I I just think I don't know. Um, I I in a world that I get PSVR two, which is pretty likely depending where I'm at um, in my life. I just don't know if I could double down and get you have to assume these vr systems are going to be what 400 bucks i can't spend another 800 dollars for not necessarily a gimmick but for something that i would do once a month yeah. um and i think maybe that might be x uh xbox's uh thinking for that aspect yeah it, it's one of those things where it's like i have zero doubt that they've dabbled with it uh i think it's much more likely that they partner with one of the existing vr companies way before that they release their own dedicated vr headset uh, so I see them, you know, teaming up with HTC Vive and saying like, hey, Game Pass VR, you can, mm-hmm. there's like some degree of compatibility with our consoles. So uh, a headset that's like the Xbox VR, I don't necessarily see that happening. Uh, it could, I, I don't think they should, uh, personally. And I, one reason for that is if you think of all the major, uh, some of the best VR experiences coming out of that scene right now. Uh, So much of the VR headsets are reliant on exclusives for that headset. A reason to come here instead of going there. So I'm thinking Astrobots. I'm thinking Half-Life Alex, which have their own degree of exclusivity on their respective platforms. Um, And Xbox, I think, already has enough problems giving people a reason to come to their regular console. Let alone introducing a situation where they have another piece of hardware that they, you know put blood, sweat, and tears into making working, and then they don't have any software to you know push people to go in that direction. So that's my issue with it, is that they can't get a Halo on an Xbox right now. So you're talking about a Halo on a VR headset. I don't know. I'm, I'm not mm-hmm. sold on it. And I think Xbox is... I don't want Xbox to necessarily bite off more than they can choose. So they had the exclusivity issue. They brought in a lot of teams. They bought, you know, half the games industry at this point uh and so uh, slowly hopefully they start you know bringing out some first party ip stuff which can in turn hopefully help boost console sales and then from that point onwards i think they can explore you know alternate strategies but i feel like they need to properly address some of the issues their main console selling uh peripherals have in general solve those problems first and then introduce the VR headset, then introduce whatever kind of weird handout thing you want to do, or what you know what I mean. So I just feel like I don't want them to introduce more problems without addressing the ones that they already have, uh, because it, again, you're trying to sell people a VR headset, which is I don't feel like anyone's quite mastered yet. You got, I mean, you got Facebook involved, HTC, you got PlayStation, big major companies that 100% haven't had that mainstream adoption yet. It's a growing thing. It, it takes time. The tech is not 100% there yet. Uh, so I don't think Xbox should necessarily dip their fit in there quite yet because they're having trouble selling something that Sony just cracked what like a hundred a hundred million with a PS4 more than a hundred million at this point, um, and Xbox is what like half of that. So Xbox has a console selling issue and they need to fix that first. And because I, I want to see Xbox succeed, but I feel like sometimes they 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 bite off way more than they can chew, and I respect their uh, their attempts to do great things and push the industry forward and explore a lot of different avenues shout out to phil spencer for that but 
what is taking on so many responsibilities where you don't excel at any of them? You know what I mean? So it's like mm-hmm. it's, it's it's like uh, that master of none type situation that I don't want to necessarily see for Xbox where it's like they do a million things, but they only do like five of them well. So, yeah, that's kind of my thoughts on it. No, yeah, that, that makes a lot of sense. And I didn't even think of that way. It's like, let's leave 343 to release a good Halo game and not worry about team b working on the halo vr and stuff exactly let's cross that bridge first (laughs) yeah let's let's get these guys making good ips first all right uh so the last story which is uh one that uh caught me by surprise but then i i started looking back at some events that rolled out um sony has bought evo um so uh sony has acquired uh has announced that it has acquired the evolution championship series better known as evo the world's largest fighting game tournament uh sony interactive entertainment and rts and esports venture from endeavor have acquired the assets and properties of the evo series the purchase means that future evo events are effectively sony playstation events and partnerships uh evo co-founders tony and tom cannon will remain at evo as key advisors sony took the opportunity to announce the 2021 release dates which will be uh, August 6th through 8th, and then August 13th through 15th, which is the the weekends, obviously. Okay. Um, events will include Tekken 7, Street Fighter Championship, uh, Street Fighter 5 Championship Edition, Champion Edition, I always say that, uh, Mortal Kombat 11, and Guilty Gear Strive. Um, and there's uh, a lot of information that goes out and about to this. Um, they're, they were excited for the partnership. They are not making EVO a strict PlayStation thing. Um, they're saying that they're open to all platforms. I think that obviously means... Uh, Smash Brothers, um, if they can get their stuff together over there, um, and Nintendo has provided a statement saying that they're they're excited to engage um, and they will continue to assess the evil situation. Um, the big thing that happened last year, I don't even know if we ever discussed it here or on the personal um, side, that the the old uh, the guy who organized it before uh, Joey Joey Cruler, I want to say his name was, um, there was a lot of abuse allegations to him, and that's why they canceled uh, 2020's online Evo thing. Oh. Uh, NetherRealm had pulled out, Capcom had pulled out, Nintendo, I think, had pulled out later on, and stuff like that. So they needed sort of this rebranding. They needed to make sure that it is not connected at all. Um, and if they're confident enough to say that Street Fighter is going to be there, uh, Mortal Kombat is going to be there, that means those guys are probably going to come back and have already discussed coming back, um, in a sense, because that means this is now a Sony PlayStation event that xbox will be at that uh, nintendo will be at because this is the fighting event um really the only one i know there's a few smaller ones but this is you know it's evo um even people who don't aren't in that community will keep an ear out for announcements at evo for character drops uh balance updates new game announcements um whenever they want to announce uh, street fighter 6 uh, you have to assume it'll be at evo like that's the place to do any fighting game announcement um, so it's interesting to see how this is going to work. Obviously, this year's is still, you know, we're it's still during fight in this pandemic. It's going to be an online um, situation. It's all online tournaments and stuff like that, which is fine. But obviously, the fighting game community, they love to have that in-person sort of thing. Maybe next year we'll see how they can do it in a safe, uh, organ- you know, safe way. I'm just curious to see how much different will it be, or is it just sort of the Sony branding will help cleanse that uh grossness that was going on at these yeah. fighting communities uh, between the smash brothers people and obviously all the abuse allegations so we'll have to see about that but uh this is a move i did not see coming in any way i did not expect this yeah it's well it's one of those things like 
obviously you're the fighting game person, so I'm, mm. I'm kind of an outsider. I've definitely watched a lot of Evo-related stuff, but admittedly, I don't know every single goings-on. I don't know the heritage of uh, this conference, but I know it's a, a major deal. And so, yeah, my first question was what a lot of people's first question is, what does this mean for Nintendo, obviously? Mm. Um, and I think on the short term, they'll absolutely work something out, but I would not be surprised if at all if Nintendo starts making the... Uh, the steps to have their own type of situation um they they've done that many times before they've had no problem saying f you to e3 and we're gonna set up our own uh little conference you got the nintendo directs now we'll do our own event so it doesn't surprise me uh i just wonder how the sony acquisition affects the just material experience on the ground uh if that's changes at all are you going to see a heavier playstation focus sony themselves are a massive corporation that own stakes in many many things Mm -hmm. at one point you know they had a pretty high majority stake in like blu-ray for example that didn't necessarily stop other companies from being able to use blu-rays you just you're going to be paying sony in the end and it's on the other side whether they're willing to play ball with you um so i just wonder if like you know the sony owns it but they're not going to necessarily have you know PS5s all over the place any more than normal. You're gonna mm-hmm. see your Xbox, you're gonna see your Nintendo there, and you you could do whatever you want uh, because it's more of a Sony thing, and they they just want like maybe that profit split, or they're gonna take full advantage of this to make it PlayStation Mania. The only funny thing is that PlayStation, from the at least a first party perspective, doesn't even really have any fighting game offering. So, um, yeah. it's it, it's one of those things where it's like it you gotta play ball with the other companies because you're not producing anything on your own, to be honest with you. So. Uh, I, I doubt on the short term this is going to impact it in one way or the other. Again, you mentioned a great point where having that kind of massive entity over to oversight things maybe can clean things up before and kind of take it out of the hands of uh, just the regular folk and make sure that uh, a big company is there to make sure everything is above board. Uh, but I wouldn't be surprised if long-term Nintendo doesn't want to play ball with them at all I, w- I wouldn't be surprised because in the past we've seen situations where uh when somebody's getting a little bit too much profit split and they're not cool with it they pull they pull out really fast that's happened before we know sony and nintendo don't get along the best that <laughs> uh stemming back from the 90s obviously um and things have obviously gotten a little bit better since then but uh yeah i wouldn't be surprised in like a couple years so nintendo offers or announces some major thrown properly by nintendo fighting game competition all things nintendo they're gonna have arms there and they're gonna invite square to come over mm-hmm. and people can play ball with nintendo so i wouldn't be surprised if you don't see some major competition coming from nintendo within a couple years but that's just a guess on my end i'm not part of the fighting game community i just what i do know is nintendo i know their past yeah. i know their heritage and i know their culture and i know they can be petty like that and they have no problem providing some degree of competition and that name means something and so when they go up to Square and Bandai Namco and it's like, hey, do you want to do something for our conference? You best believe that they're going to be there in some degree. I'm not saying they're going to skip out Evo, but they're going to throw you know, some resources that way. So competition's on the way, in my opinion. That's just my guess. No, and it makes sense. Like, their exact quote is very dodgy. Like, they answered it by not answering. Um, yeah. It says, Nintendo has enjoyed engaging with fans at past Evo tournaments. And wish the show organizers the best with their new venture. We will continue to assess Evo and other opportunities. And other assess. opportunities. Assess Evo. That means we're yep. going to think about it. We'll see what happens, basically. Which uh, means, yep. like, let's see what deals we can 
you know, do in the background, see how mm-hmm. we can get paid. And if it's not going to do it, then uh, we'll be like, thank you so much for the time at Evo. We value yeah. our fans so much, and we have exciting excitement for news for the summer. Watch. I see this mm-hmm. statement already. Yep. You know, and then, they, I mean, they say it themselves, and other opportunities. Yeah, um, as we plan for the future online and offline Super Smash Brothers tournament activity. They so, are gone. That says it. That uh, It may not be now, but especially when people can start gathering um, and, and stuff like that, and that vaccine's out there clearing everyone up, I think then you'll start seeing something. I, I Again, I don't know where they would partner this or what they would exactly do. Are they going to host... Uh, fighting game turn across the street from evil you know they do that weird stuff so they're petty man i'm telling yeah. you <laughs> we'll see how that uh we'll see how that works out for them yeah because it, it's it's very interesting where N- nintendo and their third part like billing their willingness to work with third parties is very touch and go and it, a lot of it i feel like comes to like what who is monetizing this and if it's competition monetizing it they're sketched out to begin with i mean if you go back to like the 90s with that whole uh Nintendo PlayStation situation yep. and they found out that uh, Sony was going to be making money on it in perpetuity because they own the disc based comp- uh, technology and they were like hell no and they pulled out super quick and so that, that's it's stuff like that and I know a lot of people would argue like hey that was the 90s the people are different now and stuff. it's like the funny thing is if you pay enough attention to Nintendo and you understand who they are at a cultural level not that much has changed and so mm-hmm. I would put money down that they're getting the hell out of there by next year. I bet. Yeah, probably. Probably, it's very likely. So get ready for the Nintendo Fighting Game Conference, whatever, whatever they call it. Yeah, it's, uh, as long as they've monitor who they get there. Yeah, we're gonna have arms competitions. Are you yeah, guys arms. ready for arms two? Arms two. But uh, yeah, that was episode forty-eight. Uh, we didn't do a loose topic this time because obviously we had you know five major, mm-hmm. pretty large stories, and I didn't want to keep you guys here for too long. But I uh, hope you guys enjoyed the show. I'm Jabril, and I'm with Steve. Hope you guys enjoyed, and we'll see you guys next week. Bye. All right. <laughs>